so ready and i have a special announcement to make oh please sam tell us the special announcement it's my birthday it is well sam you're celebrating it this evening and well tomorrow. this episode's probably gonna go out tomorrow unless i can oh good run really quick so yeah well unless you know hopefully you won't be too wrecked for in some time zone it will definitely be my birthday whether it gets out today or tomorrow, it'll definitely be my birthday at some kind of time zone. Well, I can tell you for sure, it's already your birthday at South Africa. So there we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is my birthday. It's also, yeah. this this episode's going to mark the end, hopefully, of the not having a microphone fiasco of 2020. Because... Blue microphone finally got back to me, and I'm sending in my microphone, and they're going to send me a new one, then I'll have a microphone again. No, I won't That's sound great, like Sam. So there we go. Anyway, enough about me, Jeremy. Tell mm. me about your wonderful, fabulous, delicious life of being a queer artist in LA. You just went to the queer teeth. I did, Sam. I spent last night uh, speaking and drinking copiously um, as part of the retinue and working as an assistant for Alaska, who um, she and Willem were nominated for uh, Race Chaser for podcast. Now, I want everyone on this podcast to know that uh alaska and jeremy's aliens music video was also up for a queerty we were touring um one of our uh a hand, uh, handful of pretty big tours in the uk last year so um we uh were not around and i don't know it was nice to be nominated i want to personally thank dan tracer my radical fairy liaison at queer t for thinking of us and for thinking of team alaska so much that is so dear of him and she is such a wonderful queer so thank you dan tracer i also want to thank everyone for um for voting for us a fairly queer podcast yeah, at the queer yeah. Although we didn't win, it was nice to be nominated. Um, Sam, we weren't nominated. We weren't even nominated? No, there were some other good ones, but oh my I God, don't know. What do, we, what do we have to do? Do we have to get on television? Do we have to get on television to be nominated? Do we have to have a certain amount of followers? I don't know. You, the listeners, can tell us what will it take for us to be nominated and win the Queerty podcast? Whose dick do I have to suck for us to get nominated for the Queerties? Yeah. Name, we have queer in our name. We should I be- know. Uh, I mean, a race chaser just sounds like someone who's got plenty of spare money for uh, meet and greets. <laughs> or also wants to try to sleep with Drag queens that have been on a particular television show in order to have some cultural cachet and feel good about themselves. I don't sleep with drag queens. I only sleep with their assistants. It's a personal rule. Oh, pew, pew, pew. Wow, so any, Sam. Any highlights of um, the uh, the celebration, the infestation of the queer uh, Well, you know how there was that episode where we had talked about um, your little Twitter meh. Yeah. Yeah, concerning uh, Kit Williamson. Well, I got to speak to Kit Williamson. And you told him what's what? Well, I mostly told him that we talked about Eastsiders on our podcast, and I didn't really want to get into it. The Eastsiders had won a number of Query Awards, and I got to speak to the two main characters. I got this speak to Kit and Van, 
who plays Kit's, I guess, now husband as of uh, season four. But um, he was definitely drunk, definitely charming. Is this like hot goss? Is this queerty hot goss? Sure. I can't talk to Kit Williamson. He has a restraining order out on me. That is not truth, Sam. Don't put lies out into the universe. Do you hear? I'm knocking on. I'm knocking on my <laughs> my mic stand like it like your cranium. Don't do it, Sam. So you talked to Kit Williamson. He was it drunk, was charming. But, but charming. Yeah, I talked to Van. I talked to Van. He went to CMU, Carnegie Mellon University, which is one of the better known theater schools in the world. Um, and there's this beautiful Instagrammer who I who I follow. I think they their platform is being funny, which they are, and um, having a also very pasty cute boyfriend. Um, he's from North Carolina, and um, the thing is, I think I forgot his name because I was kind of boondoggled when when. What pasty smiley boys with like big eyes wearing, wearing a beautiful faux fur, and curly blonde hair. It's like the whole mixture of all of it is. It's a little, uh, little extra cute for me. What else is really cute was is there that good drinks? I, was there good drinks? Yeah, there? it was an it was an open bar, which was just like, oh man, here we go again. It was fun. What was your drink of choice? Um, vodka sodas, Sky Vodka, uh, of San Francisco. Sky Vodka? Sky Vodka sponsored. You couldn't pay me enough to drink Sky Vodka. Wow. Sorry. Sam. It's fine. I liked it. Was it really that low end? Yeah. I mean, I just don't, I mean, you know, I used to work at a distillery. I know my way around. I used to make vodka. I used to make the, I used to make it. So I can tell if something's of a high quality or not. And I don't think that Sky Sky Vodka is just she's not. I don't know her. Let's put it that way. Ooh, pew pew pew. Sam. Wow. Well, um, I had a lovely time. I sat next to Devin Green for a bit. Devin Green joined Alaska and Willem and um, Alaska's boyfriend, Gabe, we all had a wonderful time, a little side booth, and um, uh, Kathy Griffin gave a really rousing speech. It was cool to see her in person. This is amazing, adorable, young uh, Mexican fellow who won um, an award, and his speech was really sweet, and there's a lot of um, puzzles won. And two of the actors, a number of people in their speeches were like, don't forget our trans siblings. So I had a lovely time and it was nice to see a few friends there, a bunch of cuties, realizing I've spent part of this winter in kind of a... uh, sexual hermitage some days are better than others but we can talk about that we'll see what happens beyond our uh selected topics here on a fairly queer podcast but yes the queerties were lovely the queer the queerties were pretty queer and um oh uh muna m-u-n-a was a band that played and i um have one of their tracks and they're pretty cool. They're pretty feminist. They have some uh, wonderful music. It was great to see them play. So here, here, the local talent and queer talent and excellent musicianship. So that was my time. Pew, pew, pew. What's been going on with you, Sam? What's, what's deep? What's, what's the deep dive into your world? I just made a chocolate cake. And you can't wait to shove it down your eating hole, huh? I made a chocolate cake. I'll post it on my food Instagram, which is oh. everlasting underscore rations, if anyone's interested in following me. I made a Brooklyn blackout cake 
which I got the recipe on Bon Appetit. Uh, wow. And I'm really excited to eat it tonight. It's got pudding inside of it. Whoa. And that's what I've been doing. I've just been making chocolate cake. It's very wholesome. Yeah, yeah, I would say baking chocolate cake is pretty wholesome. I've been tending to kittens, and Sam can probably see. I can't, the because your whole background is blurry. <laughs> oh, well, every time we have to do a new conversation, so it's we're going to, we're going to, yeah, I'm just going to unblur it. Because you deserve that, so now Sam. I can see all of the things. Yes, I can see the cats. The cats. I've been uh, getting further and further down the the kitty rabbit hole. They are six months old now, and I, um, I'm sure anyone who follows me on Instagram, which you probably do, um, have noticed an upward, uh, steep upward curve in kitten uh, posts. And if you like them, please do uh, let me know. Otherwise, this is this is a fun, exciting Pisces season it where is. I want to work on getting uh, getting more work, feeling better about where I am in uh, in the present scenario, and uh, letting go of unnecessary bullshit so I can. I can really uh, blossom this springtime because it's so close. It's a warm day here in Los Angeles in the South Bay. So how do you feel about 29, Sam? Uh, I feel the same. All that stuff. I, I mean, I've said this on the podcast before. It's like, I don't think I don't feel like I'm in my 20s anymore like I think I feel like a fraud if I say I'm in my 20s because really I'm in my 30s so yeah I'm fine with that neither numerically nor if you don't feel that way like as actually as a person you know I think people have like different ages I believe that like you can feel like you can feel like different ages you can definitely feel like different ages and I definitely do. I don't feel like my numerical age is... The only thing my numerical age is accurate to is my driver's license and passport. Like, like, am I deeply in my 30s? Yes. Do I think it's always uh, important pe- for people to know my numerical age? Fuck no. Um, I mean, Scientology tells us that... We are a mortal We are a mortal Thetan, so I don't think it matters what age I am, according to them. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't care. I wear a lot of sunscreen, so I'm yeah. I'm set for a couple more years of looking young. I would like to imagine, and that's all I really care about. So wow, I'm very vain. Yeah, wow, everyone. I I I mean, I I I don't know what to do with that. Uh, with that uh sled that sled riding accident but no but it's true i mean not like the vanity portion but like uh, take care of your body take care of your skin and hopefully you will feel younger for longer even if that's not your numerical age so that's my intention is take care of my body and take care of my skin and exercise and hopefully i will feel good for a little bit longer not that you don't feel good like when you turn 30 i'm sure it's fine you're 30 and you seem fine but um yeah i mean i'm just not worried about it anymore sam i'm not 30 i'm 30 then some exactly 30 something (laughs) yeah but yeah i'm fine we're fine everything's fine and speaking of being fine yes in our next section which is sort of like in like almost accidentally the same format as hot goss, which I'm fine with that because it's sort of like we're talking about the queer tees, like in celebration uh, of them winning, let's essentially do um, a let's get political in our next section because uh, as we all know, Super Tuesday's coming up. Oh, so we yes. want to talk a little Many bit about elections. that stuff. So when we return, we are going to swing into talking about a little bit about politics. Sound good, Jeremy? Sound good. See you in a bit. Don't let me pass you by. 
welcome back. Here is our main course for this week's A Fairly Queer podcast. So you want to talk politics, Sam? I do. I think it's important. I yeah. really do. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people that are of the opinion it's like, oh, I don't want to talk politics. I just want to, like, relax. And why does everyone have to talk about politics and Donald Trump all the time? Da, da, da. But, like, it is the season for politics. You know, we are having to decide on a candidate right now. Uh, yes. I'm assuming that most, if not all, of the people that listen to our podcast are Democrats. I think I I'm wouldn't assume that, that because well, you I'm might be not in the United States. You could be um, you could be a socialist in Europe. You could be a, a social democrat in Europe, or you could That's be fair. of a, of a of what would be considered a radical party. Hopefully progressive, you know, progressive okay, folks so that's in I mean. Brazil or if South you're Africa. listening to the podcast, you're probably progressive or Fairly liberal. Left. And if you if are... you're not, please let us know because I, wanted, I would love to know the variety of people and the perspectives yeah. that are our listenership. So please though, let us know. But the is tendency that... is that you would probably be a pretty decent humanitarian progressive person. I'll yeah. just use progressive because uh, the the dualism in the United States of Democrat and Republican or liberal and conservative. I just uh, I'm I'm a, I'm an iconoclastic person when it comes to politics. I often say some kind of profound thing that that people are like, oh damn, or like, wow, better know what I'm getting into when speaking politics with me, because like to me politics. It could be such a quackmire, but it also is is a reality. People people have very serious things happen, like uh, uh, you know, especially for queer people around the world. If 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 human rights are not secured for um, those who don't have power and 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 privilege and things of that nature, then people are having terrible things done to them and the the realm of politics is one way for those things to get done not to the exclusion but um right so that's just to say that you know politics can be a dicey subject but i think we can do our best there just so everyone knows there's definitely no planning here so whatever controversial statements that are made are coming from a place of being present with what's happening uh, also, it's important to have these conversations now. openly because yeah. one of the problems with the political sector is that everyone is so calculated and they yeah. don't say what they mean. They say what they think is going to get them elected. And even yeah. with people, what's uh, with, you know, just regular people talking about politics, the desire to not cause waves prohibits people from speaking about things that are important and I don't want that to happen. So they actually, going back to hot goss, like they talk about that all the time. It's like, they're not experts. They're not pundits. They're not political analysts. They're talking about things that are of interest to them so that we can have a conversation. So that is what yes. we hope to do today. And yes. going back to the other thing too, it's like, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself aligning with all the politics of the democratic party when we're talking about the United States. Yes. I'm just, you know, I vote Democrat because it's a two-party system here and my politics most closely align with them instead of Republicans. So that's what yeah. I mean, what I said before. is like, I think that probably if you're listening to this podcast and you're listening and you are in the United States, I would imagine that you are voting for a Democratic candidate, whomever that is. So that's yeah. what we're getting into since Super Tuesday is coming up. Um, what do you think of the Democratic race right now, my darling? What do I think of the Democratic race? Well, from what I know presently, um, I think a general concern for um, the majority of the people who, for whom the government is uh, not serving them well, if at all, um, we have to remember that it takes many layers of um, government change 
it takes layers from the local to the national. Yes. So if you just if you if you if you're just eating popcorn and watching the democratic debates, um, that's just a tiny slice of of what to me politics really entails is just like politics would seem to be the height of uh, organizing and community, but it's not always that. It's it's a game. So be very careful with the information about how this game is being played. Um, it's just uh, when it comes to politics, it's like many other things, like history. Like be sure you're not just getting like the worst, like ten times facsimile, like of information. So when it comes to the Democrats, I generally hope that folks around. Uh, the United States are realizing that if uh, we want change to happen, then if it's if it's a senator that's in the way of progress, get rid of that Republican senator. Maybe they maybe they're a Democrat, but they aren't doing their job. Maybe it's time to actually go in, into other parties, or that there's it's more um, reflective of the actual socioeconomic. Uh, reality, which is, to, but it, that is to say that like the Democrats don't always align with, say, people who've got a lot of money who want to keep it, or people um, who don't want um, the government encroaching. So you see, it's like I, I don't, I find it hard to say how I feel about like politics, really, really specifically. And I'll try, but politics is, is one of those things because it's human and because new information can come to light. And um, also, it, I just want everyone to know off the bat that to me, politics is mostly a game of human uh, power, resources, and ideals. That's true. And I agree with that. It's really um, quite astonishing. And we're seeing it right now with Bloomberg, how much sway money has in affecting not only elections, but just our politics in general. There yeah. was a video on YouTube. I wish I could find a link to it, but it showed with grains of rice how much a billion dollars really is, where they used one grain of rice to represent $100,000. And then they had 10 grains of rice to represent a million dollars. So that, and then they had a, like literally a pile of rice to represent a billion, a billion dollars. So thinking about someone that has 64 of those piles of rice, it's tremendous power that they have to sway public for their interests. You know, yeah. being able to put that much money behind anything is going to have extreme shockwaves in the political and social sector. Yeah, so, yeah but I mean, that is... Role. A huge right. Role. That is that is the uh, the question is that we're all we're all so worried about getting one um, ill ill prepared and ill um, uh, well just a, a a president who's not qualified. So many of us are so focused on the presidential race that it's like. Don't forget the, that you need a you need a Senate that's going to pass what the president puts through, and also that the president will pass um, things that um, can get through both the Congress and the Senate. But it's also it's important to have a president that's because you know if a president is not going to cooperate with either of the houses too. They, they can just filibuster everything. So, I mean, the ideal, why there's, the ideal whoever, would be having all three houses or all three sectors of government yeah, under democratic control. But I, the, the truth to me is that people have to be very careful about what to believe, like what, what information they feel is accurate. Because I could say maybe at this point that like, after seeing the Democratic debates, I've seen two pieces did you, of information. Did you watch them? I watched the Nevada 
Democratic debate. I watched. Did you didn't watch the rest, did you watch the most recent one? I think it was Cal- South Carolina. Uh huh. Did you watch that one? I did not. Okay, I would highly recommend it because. So okay, I'm just gonna put this out there. And put it out there, Sam. You can go with the details. Yeah, I mean, the reason that I wanted to have the segment is because I wanted to talk about this, which is that I yeah. am gonna vote for Bernie Sanders. Pew pew pew. Uh-huh. Um, and I see the tides turning where a lot of politicians, which I would consider establishment Democrats, are turning on him because there is a real fear of him. Like I watched The View and I know that your friend watches The View too. And I love The View and I used to love Joy Behar. And I, I just, it's my favorite news. I mean, it's not like, it's an opinion show, but I enjoy it. It's it's a, it's a it's a show it's a where discussion is attempted. So I'm was really disappointed and shocked in seeing especially someone like Joy Behar really come strongly against Bernie Sanders in favor for ca- candidates that she would consider more moderate, even Bloomberg. It was really disappointing and disconcerting for me to see that because mm-hmm. he's got an excellent track record. He's gaining a lot of popularity. And really, if your goal is to give the people what they want, it seems to me that the people are revealing what they want. They don't want a middle-of-the-road candidate that is going to be potentially electable, you know, mm-hmm. but not get anything done. They don't want more of the same. That's why Donald Trump got elected in the first place, because people wanted to go far to the other side because they were sick of establishment politics. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I want people to make their own decisions on who they vote for, but I would highly recommend seeking out information through interviews and articles and through candidates' websites because debates, you know, having someone answer a question about what their economic plan or their health care plan is mm-hmm. in 45 seconds is absurd. And yeah. I think that if you look at... It borders I mean, on what we call infotainment, where it's, exactly. it's where like, it, right, if it, it gets people into an emotional froth. Like every time I saw someone, someone answer a question, and then the minute that someone else's name on the debate panel was mentioned, the, spl- the screen splits and you get to see their reaction. You don't need to see that person's reaction, but that's the entertainment psych, you know, psychological uh, programming. So that's that's really the level at which I I hair split when I when I go into these things because I don't I like I think a lot of TV is very gross emotional manipulation. So like what I saw in the Nevada Democratic debate is a lot of a lot of people wringing their hands trying to say the right thing. Now who do I now who do I think um at least as of Nevada actually had the right attitude and the and the right uh uh the right, right amount of details and the right rhetorical style. Rhetoric is very important. Rhetoric is is such a political thing. It means their their key words, the way they the way they both um, say, say things, the choices of verbs, the choices of uh, phrases and tone, right? Which is like the mood or the overall attitude. And frankly, the person like who did it to me the best was Elizabeth Warren. Mm. And so I, I think the problem with Bernie, I also watched the New York Times' panel. And the problem with Bernie is he's not really very detailed. And there's, like, there's not being like over super detailed like maybe Pete, our gay buddy Pete. Um, but I also got the distinct, like, distinct feeling that like Bloomberg may be a bad apple and just there to fuck the whole thing up. Like, like he's like, 
he is the actual Republican subterfuge that you think Bloomberg's going to like be the antidote. But what we need is not a city slicker, you know. Well, we certainly don't need a billionaire buying elections. Right. Um, in terms right, of that's just going of... straight, straight down into ancient Rome where so like Julius Caesar pulls a stunt and now Amer the American uh, global political and military force is run by yet another oligarch. In terms of policy... Look at oligarchy. I'm just going to end with look at the definitions of oligarchy and plutocracy. Friends, if you don't already don't know what those words are, be very concerned. <laughs> right. Know, know when people are, are using, using a language that is uh, specified for politically savvy people and make sure you do your vocabulary research. Agreed. Um, in regards to a comment that you made earlier, though, and this, I would say, goes for any candidate, you're not going to find out details about any candidate's policy plan in detail unless you go and you research their long-form discussions or interviews yes. or go yes. on their website. Um, I've seen this criticism of Bernie before, and honestly, I feel like I have a very good perspective of what his intentions and plans are in terms of funding his plans like Medicare for All. And um, yeah, I would just recommend, you're not going to get it through the sound bites on, uh, on the debate floor because that's yeah. more big picture stuff. And yeah. I uh, appreciate candidates that can get as much information out when they're doing debates about the nuances of their policy. But I think it's, it's a place more for, like I said, those long form yeah. uh, long form discussions and long form interviews. Right. And I would also uh, give some political perspective in saying um, it's very important in that sense that um, we also realize there's a certain amount of the population that won't read up, that won't do the research, that don't have time or energy or patience to go looking through the voting records. Well, that's and why the people... system needs to be changed, though. You know, in England, yeah. actually, I learned this from a Bernie Sanders interview. Um, he brought up a great point, which is in England, they are required by news networks on television are required by law to give a certain amount of extended time to candidates so that they can talk about whatever they want, like, you know, 45 minutes and over. Uh, and if we have any... Uh, listeners in, in London or England, please let me know if this is true. But yeah, this is what I heard, that they just say, okay, here's your time slot, talk about whatever you want, and mm -hmm. that is created for those candidates so that they have a better playing field in terms of getting out their policies and what they yeah. stand for. And we just don't have that system here in the United States because the political system is skewed towards, you know, celebrity uh, celebrity behavior, celebrity behavior, yeah. getting down to the brass tacks of it. Like my concern um, is that, um, and I like again, I'm saying that until we get down to the nitty gritty, I only have the information, and I'm taking the perspective, a broad perspective, which is that we now have generations of folks who really don't go beyond the television for information. And do you really think that the t television is, wants you to have accurate information? My tendency is a no. Uh, yeah. Those things are possible, and I would rather not be completely cynical about that. Things can't pop up. But um, I think because we have, we have such a tendency to turn our eyes and our ears and our focus on the television, that there, that unfortunately, some people are only going to make their decision based on performance, like a sports, like like the the format of a democratic debate going way too much into the world of like mainstream sports, right? The sports and the news and the way these things are all framed, that someone comes to have some sort of winner and like different roles are being played you know roles are being played and i think people it's important for for that 
level of uh, critique, or at least that lends to be there so that if people have a concern about their candidates, like, this is the time now to really do the research because people can say what they want and then they can be held accountable, hopefully, for saying it. But um, this is now an accumulation in the states of the 21st century really distracting people from some serious things going on locally and and regionally and nationally. So with this upcoming election, Mm -hmm. what are... So what are the issues that are most important to you as a voter? Yeah. Um, I tend to like the candidates who um, are providing a platform of informed and educated citizens. So like edu- educational reform is super important to me. Did you hear um, what Bloomberg's, um, there's uh, a video clip of Bloomberg where he's talking about like his plan for education. He's like, well, we're just going to get rid of half the teachers and pay the rest twice as much. And I'm like, what? Excuse, it's excuse terrifying. you? That's terrifying. Anyway, so the, man gives, the man gives off the, gives me the lizard heebie-jeebies. Like, he is the no embodiment of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, again, another plutocratic option for the Democrats. Just like we just like make sure we know what's not what's you know do the research on on also even the people you don't vote for but you know are pulling strings. Like yeah. we all need to be aware. Well, that's um, why I'm. Uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, you can probably look it up after the podcast, but with this recent debate where you know, there was audible booing for Bernie in the audience, but it was found out, or I mean, it wasn't private information, but the tickets for that debate for the audience were, I think, 1800 to $3,000. Mm-hmm. There ain't no... There ain't no working class people in that debate. That audience was a certain type of audience. And that's all I'll say about right. that. Right. I mean, what what do you get? What do you get for, for I'm being sure that there? Like, what kind of... Somewhere. Yeah, like, you know, that's, that's crazy. Right? I mean, that gets into, like, some kind of creepy... At these debates. It should be working class Americans that represent the majority, not wealthy philanthropists, even if, or, or anyone really, it's just, it's no, absolutely not. I do not like the idea that this audience that is able to sway public opinion by booing or cheering is not representative of the majority. They should get all different types of people in that audience for these debates. Yeah. Especially me. Yeah. Exactly. I, agree. I agree that it's important to have an actual cross section because you know the kindergarten politics is you think the world should go a certain way and and so you vote for people who want to make who share your version of reality, but you notice that I call that like a kindergarten politics. It's because you're going to realize that if you go to some some part of the country. The, the whole the, the regional culture may not be towards towards what we know. There are urban people where the urban concerns are de- definitely economic about um, providing and keeping cities from becoming less uh, less uh, less safe really. Um, here's a here's a here's a weird twist. So when I was reading the Brene Brown, uh, books. That sounds like a, a delicious sauce. Yes. Like Bernays brown sauce. Oh, I'm sorry. One thing before you continue. I uh-huh. realize I used the word philanthropist wrong. That's okay. not what I meant to say, but I was on such a roll. I was just like, I'm going to use a big word. But no, I'm. there probably wasn't that many philanthropists in that audience. Just yeah. probably at least upper middle class people. Or rich people. Yeah. Anyway, continue. 
Yeah, or but I mean, like uh, going to a debate like that is like going to like a proximity meet and greet from my own experience. So people, some people may have paid a lot to see someone they really admire, have saved up if they knew. And other people are just like that they must be making a contribution to something. Yeah. What that is remains to be known. Right. If you went to the debate, please let us know at our yeah. if you are like a normal person that just saved up because you're going to go if or if you're just like really rich or if Bloomberg was like, hey, here's a ticket. Come hmm. cheer for me. Right. So but that is a, that is a thing that, that is it, like politics, politics and business. They they love each other so much because they're constantly changing the rules, the rules of how people influence other people. I agree. You know, like it's a game of attention more than a game of truth. It's a game of uh representing and having the power to see through things that you say or getting into the reality of a situation like what's it like to try to make things happen politically whether for good or for for otherwise in Philadelphia or rural Mississippi or small town Texas or small town Minnesota or Portland or um, Central Florida, you know, there's different there's different concerns there because the because if things are out of either out of balance or just skewed towards people who are an actual population minority but have the power to put the people on who you know we're talking about corruption and nepotism. Which is not a new thing. How do you get rid of these things? The system has to be more transparent. So what I'm looking for, the key, the key thing for me is, are these people, how transparent can these people be? Be they uh, a president, um, a senator, a congressperson, you know. Uh, and also their track record. Yeah. Has their track record, because... And I'll say this again. I mean, I haven't said it yet on this podcast, but I've said this before in my life where Bernie Sanders, you know, he was promoting these progressive politics before it was in vogue. Now it's gaining some traction. These, you know, things like Medicare for all and uh, helping with student debt. These things have gained traction in the last four to six years quite a bit. So that's another reason why I really support him because he has always had these politics. He just, he didn't have them. He doesn't have them now because he thinks they're going to get him elected. So again, like I'm biased, but I would highly recommend with any candidate, look at their track record, make sure what they're saying now is what they were saying before. And if it isn't look to see if there's been a natural progression or an evolution of their politics. And that's why like someone like, you know, Trump or Bloomberg, it's like, come on, you jumped around party lines all the time and are saying things totally different just to get elected and to galvanize your base. It's not the tea, hunty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pop. I also, I mean, of course, I also worry about the, the, the anxiety, let alone inability of, of, people to recognize the the skewing away from any possibility of wanting a female president. And I, I talk a lot with my housemate Kathy about this because I can definitely I could smell misogyny on that Democratic presidential debate panel. And I I don't. I don't know. It. It all gets to be, a, a an unfortunate, an unfortunate viewing of of. I don't know. It. This is a bold statement on my part, but I just feel like I can kind of see through the bullshit of pretty, of pretty much all of them. And the person who bull, seems to be bullshitting me the least is Elizabeth Warren. 
I like Elizabeth. I really do. Yeah. I think that she was more aggressive than she needed to be towards Bernie in this most recent election, or excuse me, this mostly recent debate, which a little, mm-hmm. which turned me off a little bit because, in my opinion, if your policies align with a different candidate, there's no reason to go out of your way to attack them. It's like, why don't we just say, yeah, okay, we, we both agree on a lot of things. I think either of us would be great, or I think I'm a little bit better for this reason, but to go on the attack or the defensive like that, I just think is unnecessary. But I like, I, I mean, she's definitely would be my second pick um, yeah. in terms of the candidates that I would, I would want the most. Um, yeah. I encourage anyone though, like don't take our word for it. Don't vote for Elizabeth or don't work. For yeah. It would be based on, on what I'm, a, I'm specifically avoiding language that is condoning anyone. I, 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 I would I not know. I mean, that, Sam, though. you've given, I, I think you've people, thrown your... I want people to vote here. for Bernie. I want someone yeah. to vote for a progressive candidate. If they're not going to vote for Bernie, I would like them to vote for Elizabeth Warren because both of those candidates align most with my political views. And quite frankly, I think a candidate with a very strong track record that has progressive policies is the most likely to take Donald Trump down. Why? Because Donald Trump uses people's track records... And whether or not they are an establishment politician against them, that is one of the major tactics he used to take down Hillary Clinton. He said, don't trust this person because she's an establishment politician. And you know what? He was kind of right. I mean, I would much prefer her to him, obviously, but there's something to be said about establishment Democrats. So, yeah, yeah, I think someone that has progressive policies is more likely to defeat Donald Trump than someone that is middle of the road because the, uh, that tactic can't be used against them then they, if they're consistent. Um, but I mean, yeah, of course, I would love someone to vote for the candidate that I most closely align to, but it's not my job to say, to like to, to, I can't force anyone to vote any sort of way. I just want people to be educated and figure out what's most important to them and then make an educated decision. But this is what I would implore everyone to do. Please, please, please do not vote for someone just because you think they're electable. Vote yeah. for someone because your politics and your the things that you care about in society and your ethics align most closely to that candidate. Because, and Bernie said this too, I'm going to keep bringing up his name because I love the man, but um, what, like, okay, it's important to get Donald Trump out of office, then what? We need to have a politician in office that has our best interests in mind and is going to fight for everybody. So it's the, it isn't just about defeating Donald Trump. That's extraordinarily important. But then we also need to have someone that's going to work to get legislation passed that is going to help everybody. So yeah. anyway, I've talked a lot. So there you go. But I, but I mean, that, that being said, it, People for whom Bernie Sanders does his policies don't work, or, or they don't think he has the he doesn't have the he doesn't have the backing um, within incumbent Congress and and Senate members. I just I just want to make sure you know another broad perspective. The president is one member of a large federal government, which includes cabinet members. Look at these people's friends. Look who they're mo- most, you know. You've got the the roots have to go fairly deep in politics because people are giving you uh, the surface, the surface push-button words. And for me, I, I don't know. I don't, I just... If I, if I'm going to be facile and do the political talking, I'm just concerned about about Bernie being able to actually do anything once he gets in office. People people were so behind Obama, and as a centrist, I think he was kind of trying his best with an uphill battle, and that's what I, I mean. I think that was people a in problem, Wyoming though. will tend to vote Republican because they don't want to be. Because ranchers don't want to be bothered, or ranchers are already set. They already have their corporate cronies, and they're going to vote their their corporate ag- agriculture, or their corporate mining, or their corporate oil. That's just the thing. That's that's parts of the 
south and that's parts of of the the midwest and places that are pretty pretty kind of established with blue money maybe maine often goes red and we're and we're what we're really looking at is um whether people in the big cities um which are also filling up with people who are centrist even right wing because of uh, the demographics i see i'm still taking the broad the broad picture because i think young people like bernie but young people sometimes just want something more drastic i'm curious to know what that was like four years ago in hindsight and also like do not underestimate the ability of some really weird shit to come out of this election because it seems so inevitable that people want trump out but the the bigger concern is that like is our um election process getting in the getting in the way of what an actual majority of american yeah yes and i think that's a huge problem and this will be my last thought and then i'll let you because we are getting to that time i um here's the thing with this election and the desire people have to get Donald Trump out of office, this should not cloud someone's judgment in terms of who they vote for, in terms of who their, the, what their ethics and what their desires for policy cl- most closely align with. Because the reality of the situation is that, and I really feel this way, if we don't elect the right candidate to go up against Donald Trump that has good policies and is going to really fight for change and can galvanize voters, then people are going to say, you know what? Better the devil I know. And they're going to keep Trump in office. We really need someone that is going to be a departure from establishment democratic politics and get shit done. And whether that's Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders I don't know. You got, everyone just has to get out and vote for who they believe in the most. But yeah. do not just vote for someone because he seems like the new shiny thing that might dethrone Donald Trump because that's going to backfire big time. Jeremy, yeah. just like in a political debate thingy dingy, I'll give you the last word. Oh, well, I think because my perspective is is that if your politics and your spirituality don't align there's a problem if your sense of um creating a better world uh for yourself and others when possible uh doesn't align with your politics that's a problem if we aren't doing enough research about who these people are and who the people are around them that support them, both individually and economically, then we aren't doing our job as uh, members of a society and members of a given nation. Um, so, for, so for me, the big picture is, if we're, if we're people who can use this power to um, bring about positive change, then see to it that we are as fully informed as needed, as will clear your conscience of, uh, well, I did my research. I was not, I was not unaware of the, you know, what this person does, who they stand for, who they're bringing in with them. Cause power players have a lot of people under them. So please get to know the community. Um, and also, you know, politics starts right where we are with um, being a good neighbor, knowing your neighbors, um, being courageous enough to find, find ways to compromise so that the best good can be done for the largest amount of people and that people who maybe uh, are left out of that are respectfully engaged whenever it's a mutually respectable engagement. But I do think we need some big reforms, and my prayer is that 
uh, we will get rid of anything that impedes the the betterment of as many lives um, here in the United States and beyond. Amen. Okay. Well, I hope that you all get oh, out there well. and rock yes. the vote. Please do. Um, Jeremy, do we have anything to do, uh, need to do anything with Patreon for this episode? Oh, I want to see what, if um, Ale- uh, uh, Florida... Florida has sent me a... Oh, let's see. Yes, we have our question from our uh, our most lovely Patreon supporter, Florida. So yeah. question one, how do you personally get back after a confidence setback? Um, I don't. <laughs> There's my answer. Right? No, I mean a confidence setback, being on social media too much, looking at numbers, looking... Looking at other people. Um, don't compare yourself. Get off a of comparison. If you need to take a day or three or seven off of social media because it's not how you pay the rent by whatever money you may make or whatever important connections need to be made, get off of social media. Get yourself some, some proper heavy-duty self-care Put yourself in a frame of heart and mind and spirit where um, you are tending to yourself and you can work on the unconditional mantras of that you're loved, you're loving, you are worthy. These things that are true but very hard for us to dig into the truth of because of so much psychological and spiritual manipulation. I guess maybe that's my bigger theme. So that's how I would answer that for you, Florida. Um, Oh, I am a gunkle of two kitties. Um, If I could have my own animals, what would I have, mythical or real? Um, What are two animals, mythical or real, that you would like to have in a in a fantasy, whatever you want situation, Sam? I have horses. Okay. Just horses, please. Yeah. I definitely love the feline. Maybe creatures. a unicorn. Okay. But mostly just horses. I think I yeah, I think I would I would probably like uh I would call them a mystic of unicorns, like a dazzle of zebras. You know, or uh is this still a herd of horses, right? It is a herd of horses, I yes. believe. Yeah. Yes. So I like cats. I like dogs. Do you know? Did I, I would did also like predatory birds. Um, that um, a um, it's a a murder of crows. But do you know what yes. it is for ravens? Hmm. It's an unkind. It's an unkindness of ravens. Really? Yes. An unkindness of ravens. Not an unkindness of raven. I've heard stories, but I'm not making that accusation because I've never met her. But it is, called a, it is called an unkindness of ravens. Anyway, so there you go. All right. Well, with that, thank you everyone so much for listening to us. Um, please let us know um, what subjects you are interested in hearing about because we're always willing to dive more deeply into regular subjects to kind of make it a regular recurring theme or we are happy to uh, dive even more deeply into something that challenges us in its novelty or for which um, the issues are important to you. Next episode, podcasting while skydiving. Oh my gosh. I have no experience, Sam. We'll see about that. Please but if you, follow if us. You want to, oh, sorry. Yes. yes. Yes, you can do it. Go for it. Please um, send us some love and see what we're up to. My Instagram is at handsomejeremy777. My Twitter is orphicapollo, O R P H I C A P O L L O 777. And um, yeah. You can find a handsome Jeremy, a mystical oracle at Facebook if you do the face place. What about you, Sam? Uh, you can find me at Nuke Moth on Instagram. Please listen to us at wherever fine podcasts are podcasted. I don't know, uh, sure. which is mainly uh, which is mainly Spotify and iTunes. iTunes. Podcast. 
So there you go. And you, uh, support us on Patreon if you yes. feel like you want to chip in a couple bucks to help us grow and get new equipment and all of those good shiny things that fancy professional podcasters have yeah. so that we can grow and provide you more not award-winning or award-nominating content. Oh. Yes, award. Well, I think the award-winning, fully nominated place in our hearts that this podcast holds is is a great standard to continue to achieve we love you all talk to you yes. soon bye 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 bye